these are to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. Time to talk about the 49ers' difficult victory versus the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. And it wasn't exactly how the 49ers planned on it turning out. It was a tough, hard-fought battle, and they missed a field goal with a chance to win the football game. And it didn't go their way, unfortunately. Uh, That was a tough way to lose, and there was a lot that happened in this game, from injuries to turnovers uh, two interesting calls from the referees. I mean, I think that's just the way to say it. And what's up to everyone in chat? I bleed says we lost to the refs, period. We didn't w- play well, but we did more than enough to win the game. I thought there was some interesting calls. The one on Tashawn Gibson, of course. Um, it, it was an interesting game called by the refs. I, I thought they were calling it tight in cer- certain areas, which definitely makes it tough. And when you're playing a game with this kind of narrow margin, where the opportunities you know, can go either way. Because, I mean, let's give it to Cleveland. Their defense is really, really good. And then you're missing Debo and Christian McCaffrey down the stretch. That makes it difficult. So uh, little things like that sway it. And that, of course, the Deton Gibson penalties third and 10, I think as far as significance there, uh, is important. And then here David Campbell says missing gold yet. Uh, it was definitely frustrating, you know, the fact that we had two missed field goals Uh, by Jake Moody in this game, and this is really the first time that he's had some misses in the regular season. He had been basically, uh, you know, inflappable. Then you have these opportunities, and now the the second one he missed, of course, is high pressure, high stakes, uh, but, you know, it's 41 yards. Those are one of those ones you expect the 49ers to be able to get down. Uh, So I think that, the you know, as far as Jake Moody goes, I'm sure he'll bounce back. It's a nice lesson for him to learn, you know, this early in his career. And the 49ers are just going to have to bounce back. This is a tough loss as far as you wanted to continue to win. You wanted to go 6-0. and The good news is it's an AFC team. It's a really good football team as far as defensively. I thought the offense for Cleveland uh, you know, really wasn't that dynamic, in my opinion. And I thought the 49ers did enough that they should have been able to walk away with the win, uh, but were unable to. And, guys, I got to do this real quick. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering Info with all the -the up-to-the-minute stats, news scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you the access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action Remember to use your promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And we got some, you know, some interesting comments in chat. I want to get this one from Jan. It says, Niners got beat down and injured, bruh. That was very humbling. Um, I don't think they got, like, beat down. I think that they were in a real matchup against a elite caliber defense. Uh, that was what I you know, I thought was going to be a battle between that defense. It was all about, can you establish a run game? The first drive, the 49ers did a really good job of not just getting McCaffrey going, uh, but also getting Debo on the edge. They were very effective in the run game. 
And that's a lot of the reason why they marched right down and scored. And then it was a very nice play, you know, to get McCaffrey into the end zone with the shovel pass. So I thought it was very effective early on. I thought they had opportunities on drive two. Uh, of course, we had some miss uh, hookups between Brock Purdy and Brandon Ayuk, which really hurt the team. I think Ayuk maybe got hit a little bit early, but I expect him to come down with that ball. And that could have easily been a touchdown as Denzel Ward went flying by after not being able to get to the ball. Uh, so some of those things are frustrating, but I think the 49 will regroup and, you know, be able to, to, to bounce back. David says 49ers deserved to lose despite the bad ref calls, lost both line battles, and Schwartz is Shani's daddy. Uh, for whatever reason, Schwartz just has a really good uh, history against Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan's only won one time. He's only scored more than 20 one time, and that was 23 points. So you're right. Jim Schwartz's system works as long as he has the type of talent that he needs, and he has it here. I mean, he has Zedaria Smith. Uh, he has Miles Garrett. Those dudes are beasts. Denzel Ward is fantastic. I thought the speed of the linebackers on, on display, especially Owosu Karamoa. And I thought that the 49ers offense overall just wasn't clicking. It wasn't in rhythm. Uh, Brock was, you know, throwing passes behind his receivers over the middle of the field. And I think that those were definitely uh, making this offense a little out of kilter. Uh, he did get it going, you know, towards the end of the game, was able to make some big throws to Jawan Jennings, a couple to Brandon Ayuk as well. Uh, but it wasn't enough, and the 49ers missed that field goal. I think it was a tough battle defensively. I, I wonder what would have happened if, you know, Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey would have been in the whole time. But the 49ers had opportunities to win, that's for sure. I do think, though, that, that you know, that there's, there's certain calls and plays that go against you. And I thought the 49ers also had some uh, negative plays. I thought those were huge. That first time Fred Warner had the interception, the very next play, they got a negative six. And I thought, you know, the negative plays hurt you. You're almost in field goal range already. So getting something positive would have been important. Uh, so it was frustrating for sure. And Jan says if Greenlaw was in, it would have been a different game. I think it would have helped because he's really good against the run. It would have been him and Fred in there. Even though I think Oren Burks is a good linebacker, there is a difference between what Dre does and what uh, Oren does, and a lot of that is in coverage. I mean, Dre is a very good instinctive linebacker, plus he's really good at getting after running quarterbacks, mobile quarterbacks, and I thought there was one where Oren Burks could have had a sack, and that was the end of the penalty that they got on um, Charverius Ward, and I thought that one could have been a time where you got a sack, so... Yeah, I think Greenlaw's missed. I think anytime you miss your big-time players, you can feel it on the field. I thought Dre was noticeable on defense. Even though the defense, I got to give them props, they still played well. You know, I mean, you got an opportunity where the other team scored 19, but uh, they were holding Cleveland down for a long time. Just too many opportunities. Offense didn't win the time of possession, and it wasn't even close. And they really did limit the 49ers passing game. And they loaded up and went after uh, Brock Purdy, and Brock Purdy was getting pestered all day long. Uh, JLE says, Jim Swartz owning Kyle once again. Good thing we won't see him for a while, though. Browns may have put a blueprint together. I, I think that teams will try to emulate what Jim Swartz does, but I think part of the problem that teams are going to have is, number one, you have to have the two elite pass rushers on the outside and then have a Dalvin Tomlinson-type player in the middle with the amount of speed they have at the linebacker position. I don't know how many teams can match that. Probably the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, so if they're looking for a blueprint, the good news is if Kyle Shanahan's seen it, that means now he can adjust and come up with his own iteration of what he wants to do to adjust to what 
you know, Cleveland did. I also don't know what the 49ers offense would have looked like in the second half with Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey involved because the 49ers have been good at making second half adjustments. But when you're missing two players that definitely make it easier for George Kittle, and a lot of people talk about, well, George Kittle, you know, only had one catch for one yard. Well, I'm guessing Cleveland decided after that we're going to bracket George Kittle. We're going to line up Brandon Ayuk, you know, with Denzel Ward, and we're just going to make the other guys beat us. And that's what happened. You start running into a problem of you scheme up an offense with certain players and certain motions and certain shifts that get players open. And then every time you limit them or eliminate those players, you somewhat take away some of the offense and some of what you can run and it limits your effectiveness. And I thought Cleveland did that in this game. And I thought injuries definitely played into that as well. Uh, so that's unfortunate. But yeah, it, it's it's one of those things that happens in these games. I bleed red and gold says I would take the L if they if we earned it. But we did enough is what I'm all I'm saying. And I think so. I, I think that, you know, the Fourniers did enough to win this game. I think that, you know, they could have easily walked away with a 17-13 or even 17-16 victory. And that sometimes things don't go your way. Uh, 1984, San Francisco 49ers could have easily went undefeated. And a call in the end zone doesn't go their way or near the end zone. And they end up losing a football game. And sometimes those things happen. And anytime you have a close game and you put it in the hands of somebody else, it, it can go awry. But in the end of the game, you want an opportunity to win. The 49ers had an opportunity to win when all things were said and done. They went on the drive to get down the field into field goal range. And they had the opportunity to kick the field goal to win. They weren't able to execute, so now they got to go back, regroup, prepare for Minnesota for next Monday night, and try to go out there and get it started again. And that's the thing. You lose a game, but you don't let it define your season. You bounce back, and you figure out a way to win next week against a new team. Every single week is the focus. Minnesota, then after that, then you focus on the Bengals, and then you can really regroup at the bye week. But I think the question marks are going to be, and I don't know if anyone's heard at all, uh, but we're going to hear, you know, I want to hear what's up with Debo. I know it's a shoulder, McCaffrey, it's oblique, but what the timeline is for how long they expect those guys to potentially big out, be out. Jan says, big coincidence that all of our stars got taken out. Well, I think there's an onus on making sure that you're being very physical with Christian McCaffrey, with Debo Samuel, uh, because you have to make sure you are putting them back. I mean, defenses want to make sure they can limit you and limit your effectiveness. And if they can't do it by covering you, they have to do it with physicality. Maybe they can slow you down, make you not want to take on a hit. Maybe you'll think twice about going over the middle. It's been a long-standing way of playing defense, and this is a very physical, uh, very strong defense. I thought they played really good in this football game. They were putting pressure on Brock pretty consistently, and they were limiting the 49ers on early downs. And we know that was one of my key matchups because the 49ers had to be successful on early downs. First drive they were. After that, Cleveland did a pretty good job of making sure they just put pressure. And they went single high safety a lot. The 49ers weren't able to take advantage. You know, him, Brock Purdy and Brandon Ayuk just weren't on the same page today. And that was definitely uh, something that they struggled with early. And then once Debo went out, uh, you kind of saw that they kept going to Ray Ray with some of the, the, the jet sweeps. But they definitely weren't able to hit some of the screens and some of the things they do to Debo, the motions out of the backfield. You're not going to pay as much attention to Ray Ray McLeod as you would, say, a Debo Samuel. So I think that those played into it. And I think, you know, you're talking about a defense in Jim Schwartz that struggles against motions and shifts. They probably would have struggled a lot more if it was Debo going in motion and Debo that was moving around. 
but he wasn't. And once that happened, you do, no matter how good your team is, eliminate a part of your football team uh, and the offense that you're able uh, to get into it. And, uh, Josh says Seattle lost, so all is good. Um, yeah, I, I think that you know it definitely helps. Seattle lost, and so they're you know Fournier stay ahead of them in the division, which is ultimately number one goal. Uh, but the, this team has expectations on winning a Super Bowl and making the road to the Super Bowl go through Santa Clara. So, I mean, it's an early loss. You're 5-1. and one. You're definitely not in a bad situation. Um, but now you can learn from this. You can grow from this. And, you know, if you did get a tough defense, I mean, that's an elite defense that we just saw. Four yards, I think, left points on the field. And that's exactly, you know, what Jan is saying here. Ayuk and CMC had some passes that could have uh, run to the house. I think, you know, uh, Christian McCaffrey got missed. So they had to throw the football a little bit early. That would have been a touchdown. Ayuk had the one go off his hands where Denzel Ward got there. Maybe a shade early, but I still expect him to catch it. Those could have been big plays. And those are big difference makers in the game. I mean, think about it. If those throws are able to be made, uh, that's two more touchdowns you don't lose. So I think there was opportunities missed in this game. And I think that's what the four years will look at the film and say. It's like, hey, you know, we could have done that. And David says, Brock doesn't appear to be a bad weather quarterback, at least in this game. I thought it was interesting. You know, the ball came out of his hands. Uh, it, I, I mean, we saw him last year when the Fourniers played Seattle in the playoffs have a little bit of trouble with the ball sailing on him uh, when it was raining a little bit early in that game. And this one, he kind of lost grip of it. So I don't know what uh, what his you know it kind of experience is in the rain. I know he played at Iowa State. I would think he'd played in some rain situations. So we'll have to see how that plays out and if that is a factor because that could be more reason to make sure you never face weather by playing in San Francisco. Uh, so that's a good point. We'll, we'll see what happens there. And if, you know, Brock is going to struggle in that type of situation. And so just remember that. <laughs> Ashton G says, uh, you guys need Robbie Gold back. You know, I think they're just going to expect, you know, these guys to kind of step up. And, you know, Jake Moody, this isn't the end. He was 9 of 9 on field goals until this game. He's going to need to step up and make those field goals and make those opportunities that he has. And we'll see if he bounces back. And what's up to my guy Arnold? He says, missed quite a few players out there. Too many points left after there. Where's Robbie? I think a lot of people are going to question, you know, the Robbie Gold situation. I think we just got to take a wait-and-see approach. Jake Moody's been really good until today. Of course, you know, he had the, the little bit of struggles in the preseason. But, um, you know, this, this situation right here is good for him as far as growth because he had an opportunity. You're dealing with a different type of wind. And I felt like even the fact that their kicker missed a field goal early on, the wind was definitely swirling. And I think Jake Moody thought that that kick that he kicked at the end, he was right down the middle. I think he thought he needed to start it right because it was going to get brought back and never moved. So uh, adjusting to the wind and knowing those things is a struggle. Robbie Gold had a wealth of experience. And now Jake Moody's got to learn from those things. And uh, we'll see how he does next week. If this becomes a trend, that's unfortunate for the 49ers if it doesn't maybe he bounces back uh then i think it'll be okay but i'm not ready to you know get on the guy yet um and it just didn't really happen josh says game plan was debo based this week once he went down the offense went stale i think that's a fair assessment and that's what one of the matchups that you had to like was you get brendan Ayuk lined up on denzel ward and then you find a matchup of debo samuel against greg newsom or against rodney mcleod the safety in the slot those were very favorable matchups. You've seen Kyle go to the jet sweep a lot with 
Ray Ray McLeod, even after Debo had ran it and then went out late or early in the game. So you got to think that would have been opportunities. Then after that, if you have success with Debo, then every time you send him on the jet, you get movement from the edge defender and from the linebackers like Awusu Karamoa running across, and it creates avenues to run the football. So you're right, dynamics of missing a player and what he can do in the game plan can definitely affect the outcome of the rest of the game. You build in contingencies, and we heard Greg Olson talk about that in the broadcast. You build in contingencies, like if I lose this guy, I could do this and this and this. But every single time you do it, it kind of squishes down what your offense can be by each playmaker that you lose. And once you lose Debo and Christian McCaffrey, it definitely does change the 49ers game up a lot. And I don't think they've ever expected to lose both in one game. You can probably withstand losing one, but losing both is very difficult. And unfortunately, they had to in this game. But I think that was a very fair assessment by Josh. Um, and Jaylee says we may need to look into tight end too. I mean, I, I think the 49ers are going to look into a lot of situations. They're going to call around the league. I think there could be some opportunities to get some, you know, get a, a new tight end too if they want. Um, you know, maybe they need to move on from, you know, one of these veteran guys. Charlie Warner is great on special teams and he's a good blocker. I don't expect it to be him, but if you could find in it, you know, a player that maybe is better, uh, more of a pass catcher than Ross Dwelly within the offense. It could be something to examine. The fact that, you know, maybe you could go to the Chicago Bears and ask them about their backup tight end, Robert, Robert Tanyan, something like that. Uh, that could be a possibility, JLE. So pretty good possibility of them addressing a few different positions. So what's up, Despite Nick Danger says, go Ant, appreciate it. Welcome to the show. And, you know, this is JLE says, Build off the loss, right? Losses aren't the end of the world. They're learning experiences. Number one, you can evaluate what a team did to you to have success. Then what you can do is make sure that no other team can duplicate it. Because once you find out what exactly they did, then you can counteract it, find different ways to overcome what they did, right? There's always a way to slow up an offense. But an offense that's multiple, that has so many different ways to attack, can continue to transform what they do and adjust. Today, they didn't have all their pieces, so they weren't able to adjust when things happened from Cleveland. And Cleveland did a great job. I'm going to keep giving credit to Cleveland's defense. I think they're one of the best defenses I've seen all year, and I thought I saw a really good film on tape. Uh, 125 yards passing is all Brock Purdy got. That's all Cleveland allows as their season average, so they did a really good job there. 49ers just really struggled to get anything going, and that played into Cleveland's hands. And there was a lot of a lot of times that really it went Cleveland's way as far as time of possession as well. Um, so I just I think you got to remember that. JLE says late with Jordan Mason should have had a bigger role against this D. Well, what they were doing against the 49ers were basically just bringing eight in the box and loading it up. So the Kyle Shanahan tried to take advantage of edge plays with the jet sweep. He wanted to run screen passes this week. Uh, get those guys flying upfield and then take advantage of them with Debo. Of course, he tried to run into Ray Ray McLeod, and Trent Williams got knocked off his spot and ended up in the way, almost took the football off his head. Uh, so that was bad. But then also a couple of times they got free rushers with Owosu Karamoa. They were just in the 49ers' kitchen all day long, bringing eight guys in there and just saying, all right, Brock, go beat us. Hey, Brandon, beat Denzel Ward one-on-one. -on -one. And the thing is, is the matchups that you wanted to get uh, you couldn't get because you didn't have all your weapons eventually. So I I do agree that Jordan Mason was the was most successful on the ground. 
He looked pretty good. He was continuing to win with contact. But Kyle Shanahan knew what he had to do, and that's even why he got Jordan Mason on the edge for that touchdown. They absolutely loaded up in the box. I mean, they, they did, and they were just forcing the four-yards' hands. We're going to take away your run game. We're going to make you guys one-dimensional. Brock Purdy, you're going to have to go out there. You're going to have to complete passes consistently. And today, for whatever reason, Brock Purdy wasn't 100% on his game and connected to Brandon Ayuk and others uh, because there were plays to be made over the middle of the field to Jennings, to Brandon Ayuk, and he missed them. There was touchdown passes to be made where Ayuk dropped the ball or where he overthrew Christian McCaffrey. So opportunities were there. Cleveland gave them those opportunities. But unless you're able to take advantage of those opportunities, then their game plan is successful. So I think that's always frustrating. WTM said, I hope Purdy never asked for $40 million. That will be a complete joke. We're a long way from that. I mean, Brock Purdy had five brilliant games before this. He had a bad game. He threw an interception. He made some mistakes. It's not about that game. It's how do you bounce back? How do you get battle-tested? Because that way this doesn't happen. This happened in week six. We don't, just don't want this to happen in the playoffs, in the NFC Championship game. So you learn these things right now. He's still a young quarterback. He hasn't even started 17 games in his career, not even a full season. Let him learn. Let him grow. And then eventually what will happen is you'll get a full, detailed quarterback. He still processes information very fast. He still went to the right reads. He just didn't execute the throws. So those are things you can build on. And I think this is a good learning experience for the 49ers. And that's what JL is saying here. Purdy is still a first-year quarterback. Relax. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You're going to lose games. This is the NFL. Uh, teams don't go undefeated. It's so hard. There's a reason that the last team that went undefeated was in the 1970s. And they only had to go 14-0 to do it. It's, it's, so, uh, it's so hard to pull off. Uh, so I, I think, you know, it's, it'll be okay. Right now it feels bad. Um, because of the situation of losing to Cleveland, a, a team that you felt like you should have beat. You just came off the big win versus Dallas. This isn't what you wanted. But in the grand scheme of things, if the 49ers bounce back and just start winning again and start beat Minnesota, you know, then go in there and, and beat Cincinnati, get to that bye week. If they do that, uh, then you know what? You learned. You learned from this situation. Brock grew. Uh, Jake Moody possibly can grow as uh, David Campbell says, hopefully Moody doesn't get the yips after this. Yeah, we're going to find out how mentally strong he is. And, you know, I think he's mentally tough enough to overcome this. He didn't have the yips coming out of preseason, so hopefully he won't after this one as well. And we got WTM saying, what grade do you give Purdy today? Uh, to be honest with you, I don't know without watching the All-22 film. I thought he had major struggles, but with that being said, I thought he was under an immense amount of pressure. Uh, so I don't, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'll wait for the All-22 film. I'd be more than happy to tell you what I thought of Brock Purdy's performance. I know this. It wasn't a great performance. I think even he'll tell you that. But I think it was a, a lackluster performance from several players. And they really got the onus put on them. They got the competition brought to them. And these are the games you're hoping you can escape with a win. You go against an elite caliber defense. You want to walk away with the win. And these things happen. Let's not forget that every single one of the 49ers championship seasons, they lost football games. I mean, their, their 1988 team went 10-6. and six. You lose games in the NFL. Other teams are really good. There's tough matchups you have to overcome, and that's just the way football is. And so you just learn from it. You, you grow, and you're going to be fine. And Jay Ellie says, grade Kyle's play calling. I don't have a whole lot of problems with Kyle's play calling. I thought there was a lack of execution for most of his play calling. 
Do I think there were a couple calls here and there that he'd love to have back? Absolutely. Do I think that I wish he would have got Brock Purdy in a little bit more rhythm early in the game? I do. But how effective can you be as a play caller if it's three and out because you're having lack of execution in the blocking in the run game or lack of execution with incomplete passes to open receivers? I think anytime those types of situations happen, you know, but anytime you can name it off the top of your head, like, oh, Brandon Ayuk should have had a big touchdown catch on that one Denzel Ward came underneath on. Oh, Christian McCaffrey was wide open down the field for a touchdown. Oh, Brandon Ayuk was open on third down, and the ball was thrown behind him for an interception. Anytime you can talk about open receivers, it was the right play call. Lack of execution ends up getting it. So it's frustrating for sure. David says, those two penalties on the last drive were killers. Also, Trent got a bogus holding call in the first half too, but the 49ers put them in position to allow a bad call to beat them. Something that Bill Walsh used to always talk about. You can't give the referees an opportunity to make a mistake. And these referees made a lot of mistakes in this game, whether it was even for the opposing team, because they missed spot footballs. They did a lot of interesting things in this game. And when it came down to it, there was big plays, right? Was that a thrown pass uh, in early part of the game or in the, in the first half by P.J. Walker? Or was that a strip fumble? That one's up in the air. Tashawn Gibson, that definitely wasn't a penalty. Uh, the holding call uh, on Charveris Ward, that was not so great. Uh, so I do think referees had some mistakes in this game, but you always got to make sure you take it out of the referee's hands. Uh, but it's just more frustrating in those situations because, right, you feel like I haven't played my best. I haven't done everything I'm supposed to do. It's third and 10. He throws a pass. I'm right there. It's bang, bang. I do everything I can, put a forearm into the guy's shoulder, don't even hit him where I'm not supposed to hit him, and they throw a flag, and you should be getting off the field. So those things are definitely frustrating because you want to be able to overcome your mistakes, but you're not really allowed to um, <laughs> uh, because of you know the things that go on. Sorry, I'm reading some of the comments. Um, and this one's interesting from Jay Ellie. He says, uh, Mike Gusecki, I mean, Mike Gusecki, as far as a passing tight end, is great. I wonder what the 49ers actually believe his worth is as far as blocking, though, uh, because he can't be a complete liability at blocking, and I think that's part of the reason he was gone from Miami because he's a very effective catching the football. I love having him out there, but is he going to be at least okay blocking? Because you, if you go two tight end sets, he has to be okay blocking. So that would be my big question if they felt that he was going to be able to do that. Yeah, then I think you'll be okay uh, with it. And uh, Ryan says, super off day for the offense as a whole. Even without Diobo and CMC, if Brock is not off his throws uh, till that last drive and B.A. catches those balls and hits the hands, and it's a different story, I think it's correct. You know, there's a lack of execution in some categories for the 49ers that ultimately cost them this football game. They had opportunities. But that's what you got to build on, right? you got to go into the film room. You look at the mistakes you made. You take hard truths. Hey, we didn't execute on this. Hey, we did this bad. Then you look at great opportunities that you had. You say, hey, if we would have executed, if we would have made this play, we could have won. That was an elite defense that we played. We should have won that game, and we lost to an elite defense. That means we have the, the capabilities of beating any team in the NFL because that defense is really good. And so I do believe that they're going to want plays back on both sides of the football, um, but we'll see. And Nathan says, I think this time we sign Devontae Adams and go after a quarterback in the draft. You sign Darnold and Allen one-year deal and see if they could draft Jeff Sims, uh, Nebraska speed. 
I, they're not going away from Brock Purdy yet. One game, I'm not ready to draft a quarterback to take over for Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy looked tre- tremendous through five weeks. He had one bad game. Uh, you know, I mean, you, I mean, I know people don't always remember because we only remember the highlights. Steve Young had bad games. Joe Montana had bad games. Like, you know, Jeff Garcia had bad games. Alex Smith, terror. You know, these guys had really, really bad games where they were ineffective. Games where they played so bad, their backups came in. And Brock Purdy had, you know, a bad game. He lost his first start uh, that he's ever lost in the NFL. And they had an opportunity to win at the end. And so I think we just got to, you know, give it, like, give it a, give it a second. Everything will be okay. I promise you, everything will be okay in the long run. And David Campbell says, well, at least it wasn't a conference loss. I think you could take some solace into that for sure, uh, because it wasn't a loss. Um, and Ryan says it right here. Week six, coming across country, playing at earlier time, they will be fine. These are tough games to win. 49ers have had some struggles in the Midwest before. People came in the chat, told me about it, left me comments. They're not incorrect. I looked it up. 49ers do struggle on the road in the Midwest. That happens. And this was a very good football team as far as defensively. I think the 49ers left them off, left them off the hook a little bit on the offensive side. Looking forward to my film breakdowns. They're going to be on Patreon because... I can tell you right now, there's going to be some frustration from me about Steve Wilkes staying in two deep safety looks uh, and letting the letting the Browns you know can the play and go to run plays. PJ Walker did it a lot, and I think the 49ers should have put the onus on PJ Walker to beat them uh, throughout the game and not allow that run game to get you know as many yards as they did. So uh, that's something to we'll have to get into and, and break down for sure. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, Jaley says. Inside offensive line got worked. That's another thing I'm interested to get into as well. Uh, Robert Maybell, what's up? How's it going? Says, what's up, Ant-Man? My head hurts after watching this game. LOL, let's go, Niners. These are the tough ones. These are those ones where you're like, man, we, we shouldn't be losing this game. And then when it comes out of that last time, that field goal, you think, okay, here we go. We're going to go ahead and sneak away with a win. We're going to win, but we're going to learn a lot, of, a lot of lessons along the way, how to win tight games, overcome injuries, overcome penalties. And then they miss the field goal, and it kind of leaves everyone like, oh, man. Uh, so I think that potentially, yeah, it's stressful, uh, but it'll, everything will be okay. Um, let's see. Uh, Joe says Trent was holding uh, Asua McCo- oh, yeah, on the McCaffrey TD. I mean, there's holding every single plays. Uh, so I think that everybody knows that there's holding every plays. There's holding on both sides. Um, Greg Dayton says, got to beat the Vikings or trouble. I think you definitely need to beat the Vikings. That's a conference matchup. Uh, that's a Monday night football matchup. The 49ers need to regroup and go ahead and beat them. That way they got that big matchup with the Bengals at home the week after. So I'm sure full focus, these guys will get the attitude right, make sure they're prepared. The Vikings team is not coming in with a better defense than the Cleveland Browns. That is for sure. Uh, but, you know, the, the Vikings, you know, they're, they're still playing, winning football. They still have Kirk Cousins. Of course, it is prime time. So I'm sure we'll have some interesting ones about those as well. Steve-O says, yo, what's up, Steve-O? How's it going? Uh, Hugo says, didn't get the job done, and we move forward. I, th- I think that's a good way to say it. Yeah, they just didn't get the job done in this game, weren't able to execute the amount of time to need to execute, and they weren't able to pull off a victory. But now they reset, and let's see what happens when they, you know, when they play the Vikings, and maybe they'll bounce back, and you know they'll be six and one, and that's the key. You just got to bounce back and make sure you lose, you know, the least amount of games you can lose. 
learning experiences for a lot of young players in this game, from Brock Purdy uh, to Spencer Burford to Jake Moody. You just learn lessons, learn what mistakes you made, and you move forward. You grow from it. If you don't grow from it, then the loss is really bad. If you grow from it, then it, it, it ends up paying off in the long run. Jelly says, thoughts on kick return, punt return. I know we talk about this every year. I mean, right now, I thought Ray Ray had one good return in the game. But other than that, you know, I mean, they pretty much directional kicked him, kicked it out of the bounds. I think teams are willing to not let him even return it, make the 40 yards go 75 yards on offense. I don't know. I don't know if they'll address it. You know, a kickoff, punt return, I would think not. Uh, my question marks will come, what happens with Debo, right? What's what with Debo's shoulder? If Debo's shoulder is something significant, uh, then we might see something else come from, from them overall. Um, but until then, I don't think they're even going to address that position. And we know Kyle believes it has to be a position player that handles the kickoff and punt return duties. Uh, he wants them to be able to contribute. We got a super chat from WTM. Says Purdy over uh, through that CMC TD thoughts. He did. He did. I mean, you can't. The only explanation I can give for it, and I thought they did a really good job. I thought Greg Olson always explained things very well. He's one of my favorite color guys to listen to. Uh, because he gives great explanation from a football point of view. And he said, right up, they ran that stunt. There was a guy right in Brock Purdy's face, made Brock Purdy probably deliver the ball a half a tick earlier than he wanted to. And I think that was the difference between knowing if CMC was going to be redirected by the defender so he could adjust for that, or just knowing CMC got a free run there. And I think he threw it believing he was going to get a free run, and he overthrew it. My only explanation right now because I, I think that there was just a little bit of a, a miss there. You want those connections, uh, and unfortunately, you missed it on that one. So, yeah, I think that's where I would be with the WTM. So thanks so much for the super chat. Yeah, it's, it's going to be fine. And then uh, Hugo says, chill out, folks. No need for a we want, a we want car. Um, let's see this one right here. Uh, Greg says, do you think we're going to get a, the first round by? I don't know. I mean, the the – 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles still have some tough remaining games. I think there's a murderer's row for Philadelphia where they have like four straight games that are tough. They got Bills, Chiefs, 49ers, Cowboys all in a row. I think that's the kind of the area where we find out who sits in the one seed and who doesn't. Uh, so those are going to be things that happen. But, yeah, those ones, we still have to find out. Those things are going to come. Uh, Jaylee says, Randy Gregory. I liked Randy Gregory in this game. I thought he did a good job. He set the edge nice. He got to the quarterback on the stunt. Um, I liked his length. I thought that they, they were trying to somewhat work him in slowly, uh, but I can see it. You know, by the time we get a couple weeks in, you know, a couple weeks from now, when we get to Cincinnati, I think he'll be a big part of the 49ers defense. And to me, I thought Cleveland Farrell was highly effective against the run, but I thought Randy Gregory was the most effective uh, rushing the passer which means it's probably going to be very limited snaps now for Drake Jackson. Uh, so I, I thought he did a really good job in this game. And Greg says, uh, better teams coming af up after Cleveland. Yeah, I think Minnesota is not a better team. They don't have an elite defense, an elite offense, no Justin Jefferson. So the 49ers got to prepare like they're an elite team, but they should be able to uh, you know, compete very well with them. Then Cincinnati, it's been up and down this year, but it looks like they're getting it together. So that's going to be a tough game. Then they have their bye. And then after that, it's the Jacksonville Jaguars and all that. So, yeah, there's some tough games coming up for sure. Jay Ellie says, is the team coming home and or staying on the East Central for the Vikes game? I believe they're coming home. Never heard about them staying out there. Uh, there was a lot of media members that actually stayed home. 
and did not go on the road. So I fully expect the 49ers to be back in Santa Clara, coming back tonight. Early Sunday game, travel back, go back before the Monday night football game. I think if the next game wasn't on Monday, they might have thought about staying out there. Uh, but I do think they're going to make the trek and and come back. So, yeah, they're 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 working on it for sure, uh, guys. I'm going to hop out. I'm going to enjoy a little bit of football and relax a little bit. I hope you guys all have a good one. Of course, we'll have lots of content during the week. If you want to watch the film breakdown, see what went wrong, you're gonna you could join us over on Patreon. I'll get those out as soon as I can. Be working on those tomorrow. This episode, of course, is brought to you by Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you so much for joining me for the show. I had a lot of fun interacting with all of you. I'll catch you guys on the next one. Until then, stay safe and remember the right way is always the 49ers way. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.